keeping with the family theme, uh, Capri and I are going to read the scripture verse today. John 6, 22 through 51. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that only one boat had been there and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples, but that they had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. Jesus, the bread of life. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on, for on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do to... The, what must we do to do the work God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one that he has sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors, our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives, all those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up the last day. For my father's will is that everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up the last day. At this, the Jews there began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he say now, how can he now say, I came down from heaven? Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the father and learned from him comes to me. No one has seen the father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the father. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Thank you. Would you please pray with me? <clears throat> Gracious God, uh, we thank you for Jesus' teaching uh, and for the opportunity that we have to reflect and meditate on it together. Would you please help us now? Help me uh, as, uh, as I guide us through in this sermon, guide us through what Jesus is saying. 
um, help us as we reflect on it uh, to be able to see and taste the goodness of the gospel. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Uh, so as we come to the passage today, it really is, uh, I was struck uh, by the reality, Jesus is a, is a Jewish rabbi. Uh, and a Jewish, and as a good Jewish rabbi, he, his teaching is inviting you to reflect. It's inviting you to meditate. We're, we're not going to touch even half of what Jesus says. Uh, and, and if you've been paying attention, our call to worship, our confession, the songs, like there are all these themes throughout Scripture about bread that are just rich for meditation. Uh, and so I'm going to try to explain some, but I'm going to leave some stuff unexplained because I want you to go see for yourself uh, and meditate for yourselves on what it is that Jesus is saying to us this morning. So we have been spending time over the last five weeks looking at the signs and sayings of Jesus, and we've seen several signs that Jesus has done. He's, he's turned water to wine. Uh, he's healed a, 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 a man that was incapable of walking for 38 years. He healed somebody who was sick, the official son. He, has, um, he fed 5,000 people. And now the, the feeding of the 5,000 prompts a conversation. These people are looking for Jesus. You saw at the beginning of the reading that they're, they're, they're searching for Jesus. They find him. And this, this uh, fifth sign that we've looked, fourth sign that we've looked at, prompts a conversation. What's really interesting is we turn now to the sayings of Jesus, uh, not just the signs of Jesus, is that, that several of the I am statements, there are seven of them throughout the gospel of John, several of them are connected back directly to one of the signs that Jesus performed. Next week, Bill is going to preach for us, and you're going to see there that one of the signs, uh, someone who was blind, is going to be connected to Jesus' statement I am the light of the world. So we're going to look at this metaphor, but this metaphor that Jesus uh, is going to use of bread, uh, it's, going to, it's going to stretch us. It's, this is intended to make us reflect and meditate. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to look at where the bread comes from. We're going to see what the bread does and how we get the bread. All right, what, where it comes from, what it does, and how we get it. So where does the bread come from? I want to start by simply putting out there for you that we are all hungry for bread. Uh, and so, well, I'm not just talking about physical bread, although that is true, right? But, but spiritual bread. Uh, I've been reading uh, some short stories by a, a British-American author of Indian heritage, uh, Jhumpa Lahiri. Uh, and in one of her uh, short stories, it's called The Interpreter of Maladies. We're told about the Das family. The Das family is from the United States, but they're in India. Uh, they're Indian American, and they're in India on vacation. And Mr. Kapasi is giving them a tour of some uh, important religious sites in India. Mr. Kapasi is not a happy individual. He's not satisfied with his life. Uh, he had been an English professor, he had been a language professor at a university. Their son got very ill and ended up dying. And in order to be able to pay all of the medical bills, he ended up becoming an interpreter at a doctor's office. And in order to make a little bit of extra cash, uh, he gives people tours because his English 
is so good. Well, on this particular day, he is taking the Doss family around to some different places, and Mrs. Doss begins to take an interest in Mr. Kapasi's ability to translate and do all these things. She begins peppering him with questions, and all of a sudden, Mr. Kapasi's like, he's like, it's like, oh my gosh, somebody's Somebody's paying attention to me. She, she respects me. She's, she's interested in who I am and what I am doing. And so he's like finding reasons to have more conversations with her. He, he, he offers to take them to another place. He's like, hey, we should stop here and have a picnic. They take a picture with Mr. Kapasi, and he's like, oh, I would love to have this picture. Here's my address. And he begins thinking about all the correspondence that he's going to have with Mrs. Dobbs because finally somebody is paying attention to him. Finally, somebody is recognizing him. Uh, I would imagine that, that many of, not all of us, can identify with this idea. There's something in your heart that you're like, man, it'd be really great if I had this. That would just, it would make life a little better, a lot better. Um, and uh, that is the bread that we're going to be talking about today. The crowd is looking for Jesus because he has just finished feeding them with five loaves of bread and two fish. So they're like going all over the Sea of Galilee. They find him. They get to where he is. And Jesus knows what they're up to. He says to them, "Uh, very truly, I tell you, you're looking for me not because you saw signs uh, that I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him that God the Father has placed his seal of approval. You remember what we've been saying? Uh, Those of you that have been here for this series, we've said that it's really easy to confuse the sign with the thing the sign is pointing to. Remember I gave you the idea, right? You go to Yellowstone and you see the Yellowstone sign, you're like, it's a beautiful national park sign. And then you go home because you saw saw Yellowstone. No, not at all, Yosemite. It was Yosemite, not Yellowstone. Uh, People here are... They want the physical bread. That's what they're looking for. And Jesus calls them out on it. And he's like, no, you don't understand. That's not, that bread spoils. But the bread from heaven is the bread that is meaningful. Five times, you see in the next slide, five times in this passage, Jesus makes reference to bread from heaven. Now, what is the significance of this? You have to understand that Jesus is playing with this metaphor of bread, and he is talking about physical bread and him as the bread of life, going back and forth between these images, which is why you have to meditate on what Jesus is saying. You can't just read it once really quickly. You have to stop and think. He is saying, I'm the bread from heaven. Well, go back to John 1. In John 1, we had this like amazing passage that says to you that he is the one who has come from heaven. God came and dwelt with us, right? And so Jesus is pick, or John, as the author, is picking up on this theme. He's like, look, this is where this bread comes from. And so here's the thing, right? We can't provide for ourselves bread from heaven. And so Jesus is saying, I am the bread from heaven. He is simultaneously telling us where he comes from, right? He is God, He is coming down for us. He's coming down to do something on our behalf. And he's also telling us because it's bread that comes down from heaven, it's bread that's out of our grasp. It's bread that we are not able on our own to grab. Uh, Now, Mr. Kapasi, uh, what he wanted was not 
bad, right? It's not bad to be respected by people. Uh, it's not bad to, to want folks to look at you and, and, and think highly of your career. There's nothing wrong with that. That's actually really great, right? But, uh, but that bread is bread that won't last very long. Uh, and that takes us to our next point. Our next point is what the bread does. So this is what Jesus says in verses 33 to 35. He says, The bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty again. So you see, like, the people are hearing Jesus talk about bread, and then they're like, give us that bread. And what are they thinking? They're thinking bread. They're thinking like flour, yeast, and salt, and water. That's what they're thinking. Right? They're thinking sourdough or, or whatever, ciabatta, or whatever kind of bread is the bread that you like. Right? That's what they're thinking of. And Jesus is like, no, you're not following me. You're not listening. This is why it's a metaphor that causes you to stop and say, okay, what, what's being said? So uh, on that particular day that Mr. Kapasi was giving a tour to the Das family, at one particular point, Mr. Das and their two children had gone off to look at some uh, ruins of some temple. And Mrs. Das and Mr. Kapasi begin having a conversation. And she says to him, she says, you are an interpreter of maladies. You are someone who tells people why they are sick. Can you please tell me why I feel the way that I feel? And she begins to confide in him some things that had occurred in her life. Uh, and, and as she confides in him, all of a sudden, I'm not going to tell you what it was because I don't want to ruin the story in case you want to go read it. But, but as she confides in him, all of a sudden he begins to realize that her estimation is not really worth that much after all. The bread spoiled. Didn't even take that long, but the bread spoiled. Uh, notice in verse 35, Jesus says that those who come to him and believe in him will never grow hungry and they will never thirst again. There's a, a satisfaction. The bread that Jesus is offering and the bread that Jesus is offering is himself. He is the bread. The bread that Jesus is offering is a bread that is able to bring a deeper sense of satisfaction, uh, a deeper sense of wholeness. Jesus really is He's squeezing every little bit of juice out of this metaphor that he can possibly squeeze. Uh, that does not mean that, uh, to, for Jesus here to say, like, if you eat of this bread, you will never be thirsty. If you, uh, he does say, if you eat of this bread, you'll never be thirsty. He's, he's mixing metaphors. Um, you'll never go hungry. He's not saying that life is always going to be easy. He's not saying that life is not going to be filled with challenges. He's not saying that life is not going to have any loss. But what he is saying is that in the midst of those things that are challenging, in the face of those losses, in the face of the things that might make you question, that you can find peace and joy and satisfaction. Then he says something else. <coughs> Excuse me. He says not only that if you eat this bread, that you'll never be hungry and you'll never thirst, but he also says that if you eat this bread, you're going to have eternal life. Now think about this. Like this, what is it that bread does? Right? Physical bread provides 
nourishment for our physical bodies so that our bodies can live. And Jesus is, is asking you to reflect on that and realize that the bread that he is offering to you, not the physical bread that they ate back on the mountain in the wilderness, <coughs> excuse me, but the physical bread of, uh, sorry, the spiritual bread of his life. That if you eat of that bread, not only will it satisfy you, but that, as, as one commentator put it, that it will give you the life of Jesus himself. Eternal life is something that we experience in part now, and it's something that we will experience in the future completely. In part, we experience it now because now we are already have God's spirit at work in our lives. We, we already begin to taste some of the goodness, the joy, the peace, the satisfaction of knowing Jesus in the midst of this life and the ups and downs that happen, right? And so there's a sense in which that's a, that's a, 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 a taste of what eternal life will be like, right? God's presence with us through his spirit. God's uh, comforting us in the midst of our trial. But in the future, eternal life is not just God's presence with us through his spirit. It's, it's actually like God's presence with us completely, right? We will be in the new heavens and the new earth, and we're going to see Jesus with his crucified hands and feet. We're going to see him in his, you know, his, uh, his uh, new heavenly body. We're going to be in the new heavens and the new earth. We're going to be with the heavenly beings. We're going to be in a place where there is no more suffering or death or sickness. Man, I don't know what's up with my voice today. Excuse me. All right. Sorry about that. Um, so so where, where the bread comes from uh, is it comes from heaven. Uh, and Jesus is saying, I'm the one who's coming from heaven. What the bread does for us is it brings satisfaction in life, right? So, like, track with me. I, I recognize that we're, we're, like, metaphors are beginning to pile on metaphors here. Now we're going to see the final thing that Jesus says to us, or the final thing we're going to look at is how you get the bread, okay? And now Jesus is going to take the metaphor even further. Uh, so uh, I don't know about you, but I have the benefit of, of, uh, of being married. For many reasons, I have the benefit of being married to my wife. But one of the particular for this particular sermon uh, is my wife makes amazing sourdough. Uh, so I'll tell you the thing about sourdough, right? You, like on the morning that sourdough is being made in my house, you get like the warmth of the kitchen. It's just so fun. You walk in the kitchen, it's just that oven is piping hot. And then that, that bread is in the oven, you begin to smell it, and just the smell just permeates the house. It smells so good. And then the bread comes out and it just sits there, and it's just, it's beautiful to look at, and you like poke on it. Uh, and, but, you know, she like, there's a firm rule. You can't cut it until it cools off because then it gets gummy. And all of that is great. But you know what the best part of sourdough is? Eating it. <laughs> Eating it. Right? With some nice, like, Kerrygold salted butter. Oh, man, it's great. Jesus is telling you, if you want to enjoy this bread that he is offering to you, you have to eat it. 
Here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. So Jesus is telling us, Jesus is telling us that in order for us to have the kind of relationship that he, is, that he came down, that we have to eat him. Think it like that's kind of odd. It's kind of strange. But he's inviting you to reflect on the metaphor. He's inviting you to think about what it is that he's saying. And he's been talking about it this entire passage. We see it in verse 29. The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Verse 35, Jesus declares, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Verse 40, uh, my father's will is that everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life and I will raise them up at the last day. Verse 47, very truly I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. So Jesus is telling us, he's saying, listen, if you, if you want what I'm offering, I'm not simply offering you bread that I gave you on the mountain. That bread that I offered you on the mountain was a sign pointing to something else. It was pointing to the reality that I am not me, Omar, but that Jesus is saying, I am the bread of life. And in the same way that you had to eat that bread on the mountain in order to be satisfied, you have to eat the bread that I'm offering. You have to eat the bread of life in order for you to be satisfied. So here's the thing. They were looking for a miracle worker. They were looking for a leader for their revolution. And Jesus is saying, is like, I'm not interested in being your mascot for your revolution. I'm not interested in being your miracle worker. In our day, what do we do? We treat Jesus as uh, a moral guide. He's, he's a good man and a moral guide for us. Or we treat him as a spiritual guru. He had some, he had some really wise things to say. And Jesus is like, I'm not interested in being your spiritual guru. I'm not interested in simply being your moral guide. I'm bread, and if you want to have life, you have to eat me. There's no other way. It's even weird to say that. Like, it's one thing to write it in a sermon, like, oh, this is going to be. But even saying it just feels odd. But I think that's the point. What happens when you eat bread? Right? You, you, uh, someone's going to come and correct me who's a science, science kind of person, right? But you eat, you eat it. Your digestive system begins to do its work, right? And then all of the nutrients get pulled out into your bloodstream so that, so that that food, that bread, becomes a part of who you are. And what Jesus is saying, I think, to us is this, is that you have to take me in in such a way that I become a part of who you are. This is discipleship. This is the life of being a disciple. It's saying, like, I don't want Jesus, Jesus is saying, look, I don't want you to just, like, attach me, attach me on to some little aspect of your life. It's, it's not Jesus plus whatever the plus might be. 
What Jesus is saying is like, if you want to have life, you have to eat me. You have to believe in me. You have to take me in wholly, completely. And you have to let me go into every nook and cranny of your life. Now, uh, uh, we didn't read this part of the passage. Uh, But the story continues. Jesus continues to talk for a few more minutes. And this is what people say. On hearing this, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Uh, I don't know about you, but like I'm re- I spent all week meditating on this passage, and I was like, this is a hard teaching. It was hard back then, and it's hard now. And Jesus is teaching us. He's saying through his words, is like, to understand who I am, you have to understand that I don't want a little. I want it all. And because he is king and because he is the creator, which is connected to other things we've talked about in the past, that he, he demands it all. Jesus is inviting you to eat of him. He is inviting you to to take him in and let him satisfy and give you life. And the warning for us, the warning for all of us is that the temptation is always to look for something else. The temptation is always, even in ways that we don't always fully understand, uh, to, to look for some other thing and say, oh, well, at least this will satisfy me in some way, shape, or form. And oftentimes we do that with things that are actually in and of themselves really good. But ultimately, it's bread that spoils. It's bread that goes bad. And Jesus is offering you bread that it's not even that it doesn't go bad. It has the power of infusing life into you. His life because he's offering you himself. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that you uh, have sent your son Jesus to be the bread of life. Uh, And we ask, Lord, now that as we, in a second here, uh, come to eat and drink from the table that he provided for us, Uh, that you would nourish our hearts. Uh, In Jesus' name we pray, amen.